This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome back, my friends. Today, we have a very special guest who is the co-founder and the CEO of OmniSend, the powerful uh, marketing automation platform that is focused on moving e-commerce marketers like us beyond the generic email marketing tools. We have with us Rides Loris. How's it going? Hey, Quinn. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Very good day and really thrilled to be on your show. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, Rides, before, before we get into it, let's explain to, there's a lot of people out there that may know you by Rides Loris. Just so you guys know, we're talking about the same person. I'm just pronouncing it the way it is actually pronounced. That <laughs> when you were yeah. when you were named, isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. We we had this small talk before uh, official recording about the the pronunciation of names and uh, that you know in different cultures they may sound a bit different and then you get just used to to different versions of your name. Yeah, which is perfectly fine for me. <laughs> So you are the CEO and the co-founder of Omnisend, and we're going to get into that uh, in a minute. Is that your very first company you started? No, no, not at all. Yeah, it, yeah in, in, in general, it's probably my, uh, I guess, sixth company. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the first company, the first company I have started when I was still in the university, at the age of 21 or 22, I guess, something like this. So um, it, I, I kind of joined. One friend of mine just, just came, just popped in and said, look, uh, I have an idea. Let's, let's, uh, let's start and do business. And I said, why not? I mean, I, I actually had no clue about what does that mean to, to, to establish business, to run business, uh, to, to bookkeep uh, stuff and all, all, all those things about taxes, about, about customers, about sales, about anything. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was a first attempt. So since then, I'm kind of uh, running my own business. And uh, basically, my, my, my story is that uh, I had kind of some, some local business, which was a somewhat traditional business, which was uh, like uh, quite quite successful i would say and then they had a startup attempt uh which failed for for two times uh, for two times i have failed with my startup attempts and uh, and omnisend is a third one which seems to be rather successful and now i'm like kind of focusing uh, on it only and the company is, is growing fast and and everything is usually going uh, going well so yeah so i have uh, it's not the first uh, mm-hmm. it's not the first company and i have some failures in my uh, in my back background, which which is great, I learned a lot of things. Absolutely, and uh, I love that because uh, I always think that you learn the most with your own failures, and then uh, the second, probably second biggest learning experience is with somebody else's failures. And that's we're, true. We're those for, in- you know, with, yeah. Sorry, so just yeah, for my uh, my favorite business books uh, book one book is uh, whenever anyone asks, so it's like. Ben Horowitz's hard thing about hard things. Mm. It's probably the single business book which is all about failures, <laughs> not about yeah. you know overnight success, not about like oh I'm so I'm so good at everything and you know I did all the things right. No, it's it's a story about doing so many bad decisions in your lifetime, and then getting back to get getting finally to the point then where you are one of most uh, most. Um, 
uh, most respected uh, investors globally as yeah. Horowitz is. So yeah. Were your failures all uh, online businesses or were they like physical businesses? Mm, the first, the first attempt was a combination. Actually, that probably was one of the mistakes that we thought that it's going to be online business, but it seemed to be very physical business. So mm -hmm. we were we were selling, we were printing and selling uh, like premium postcards, uh, Echo okay. postcards on Echo Inc. And for each postcard sold, we were planting a real physical tree in the wood. Uh -huh. Yes. We we yeah we were doing this uh, so we kind of thought that you know this is going to be a more a community type of thing that people who are buying those trees they will be willing to to track those trees and mm. therefore we build a platform and we kind of build a business as online first and the idea was to sell all those postcards online but uh, it turned on into into like twenty seven shops in the west coast US. Uh, selling physical like small uh, boutique stores selling those post postcards but like very very low sales online uh, so so that's probably was uh, the reason for failing as we were not uh, happy about having like physical printing and, and delivering to uh, to boutique stores business as uh, it was not online as we had yeah. intent to do but at the same time at the same time we kind of had internal team uh developers designers and digital marketing specialists uh, so that's how i came up with uh, digital marketing agency business hmm. uh, and uh, from that digital marketing agency uh, omniscient was born as like a pivotal pro project and nice. a second attempt, a second attempt was was digital as well. So that was a tool to for online, on just event organizers, for conferences, seminars, uh, lectures. So it's interactive voting tool uh, and and querying tool for 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 audience and and a speaker interaction. Um, so that was SaaS product yeah. uh, already. Uh, that was the first attempt to build something uh, SaaS and then more B two B. Uh, but yeah, but I have learned a great lesson with that product. It was it was a nice to have, but not a must have solution, and it was not solving any monetizable customer pain for the customers. Mm. Uh, so then we gave it for free. So a lot of events were using, and they were happy about that, and etc. But then we just asked to pay for it. Nobody was paying. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there was no pain that was just you know a vitamin not a painkiller oh yes i get it yeah it's one of those things that everybody will have if it's if it's free but it's it's not really yeah gotcha so i, I was gonna ask you like when do you know that the business is is done and not worth pursuing but i guess you just explained it there if if nobody's willing to pay for it, you know the business is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Lithuanian. So in Lithuania, we have Lithuanian language. We have such a saying, which is direct translation is not that that fluent, but uh, something like, you know, sometimes you get to the point where it's too, too, too heavy to, to carry something, uh, but, uh, but you are so emotionally attached to that. And that you are not willing to uh, to abandon, mm -hmm. but uh, whenever you get to this point, it's better to abandon and to move forward to another business, another idea. Yes, true enough. So before we get into uh, Omnisend, because uh, I'm very interested in that, 
there's something we gotta explain to the audience that some may not know, and is but we're gonna talk here about omni-channel. Uh, so, can you explain first what is omni-channel marketing? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Omnisend is basically the solution for um, marketing automation, omni-channel marketing automation. So, omni-channel is putting uh, different channels, communication channels, on the single um, customer uh, flow, and this like covering customer journey with communication through uh, different channels. Channels like email, which is still very effective with text messages, which is a really living their renaissance, SMS messages, mm-hmm. with uh, Facebook Messenger messages, with WhatsApp messages, web push notifications, and uh, and even like augmenting finally it did with uh, synchronization of Google and Facebook uh, ads to run mm-hmm. lookalike audiences or to run proper retargeting campaigns. So uh, basically having all those different channels on uh, one uh, flow. So just practical example. Quinn is browsing uh, our store and he is looking for headphones. Uh, We identify that and instead of like simultaneously start running five different campaigns for five different channels to try to retain you, uh, we we can use like have an omni-channel approach. So let's say we start initially with email campaign and if Quinn is ignoring our email campaign. We send this and the text message event. Maybe we send a web push notification. If, if we have a content, of course, to communicate via different channels. And like if he's still ignoring our communication, we only finally start running like visual ads campaign for him because it's the most expensive way to do that. And if at any point Quinn comes back and completes the purchase, which we're willing uh, to make him to, to do or to, uh, to, to help him to make a positive decision towards um, towards our offer. So, uh, yeah. So at any point he comes back and completes a purchase. So we we uh, we stop the campaign. Okay. Oh, so the campaign stops if I do a purchase. Yeah. So that's the idea to have it like fully automated. Um, uh, you know, when when there is a first trigger to uh, to start a campaign, and the second trigger is to stop a campaign. So at any time, even even you complete the purchase. So usually, then the campaign should be stopped because that was a goal to yeah to to to, to help uh, the customer to go through entire funnel till till the con- conversion. Okay. So that that one's very impressive because we always see that. Sometimes the the exact same shoes or headphones or whatever that you looked at and you bought, sometimes you are put in a retargeting campaign. Mm-hmm. And after I already bought them, I know that if I am seeing or clicking on their ads, I'm wasting their money because I already bought this. So you have that option, which is so fast. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, we kind of strongly believe that, um, and personally myself, and we as a company, Omnisend, we do believe that uh, that uh, commerce itself is is moving towards omnichannel direction. So omnichannel by all means, like uh, having a physical offline presence as well as digital presence online, having your own store as like you do, you do sell uh, on Amazon, but you own your storefronts on like Shopify, BigCommerce, Magento, WooCommerce, and other platforms. So Mm -hmm. it's all combination and you have just the single stock management. Uh, You have the same stock, you have different channels, you allow your customers to buy wherever they want to. They they choose their preferred channels to, to buy. So 
it's the direction where the commerce is moving uh, towards. Uh, so it should be followed by uh, omni-channel marketing approach as well. So let our customers choose which are their preferred channels for us as a brand, as a mm. retailer to communicate with them. Uh, so offering them a variety of channels, allowing them to choose, and again, putting all those different channels on a single workflow in order to avoid uh, too aggressive communication through like, you know, five different channels. As, as you just said that, you know, I have completed the purchase uh, two weeks ago, but I'm still hmm. receiving those banner ads, which is, which are not uh, interesting for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you said that the, we give them the option to pick. This means uh, if I have the software installed on, let's say my Shopify site, I can, the person at the time of subscribing, they can pick if they want to get a text message or an email or even a Facebook messenger. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. So, and you can use it like either have it built uh, those different channels on, on a single, let's say, subscription form, or you can or you can use it uh, contextually. So let's say on uh, during checkout process, yeah, you have mentioned Shopify. So let's say with Shopify, we have we have deep integration, and uh, there are two checkboxes. One is for subscribing email communication, and another is for subscribing SMS communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use you can use let's say uh, Facebook Messenger subscription boxes in 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 the product page, or maybe out of stock product pages where. If you are willing to 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 to, to get uh, to get updates when the product is back uh, back to stock, so check uh, mark the checkbox and we will inform you. Uh, so yeah, so it's you know you can have two approach. One is just you know there is a list of like channels I'm offering to you as my visitor as my customer, and you pick the the ones which you prefer the most. Uh, or the second approach that you have like contextual uh, subscription boxes all over the place. And the, your customers are subscribing, like at one, at the, like on pop up, they're subscribing to email mm-hmm. only communication. On checkout, they're subscribing to uh, SMS communication. On like product page, they're subscribing uh, to uh, let's say Facebook Messenger communication. Is there still a lot of people that pick the the email marketing option? Yeah, sure. I mean, email email is yeah, is still. Uh, I mean, we are really advocating like omni-channel, but still, email is. Uh, the key channel and is still the most effective channel. Uh, that email is augmented by other channels. We see kind of really great results. Some some statistics to uh, to quote here. So we made a research of our existing customers. So those who are using at least three channels, three whatever combination of those channels, so they have uh, they have ninety percent high retention rate comparing to those who use email only. Hmm. So almost doubling your 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 customer retention, which is kind of a great a great result and a huge achievement. And again, we just distributed some Black Friday statistics. So like email, email, email conversion rate is sorry SMS conversion rate is much higher than than emails. Uh, but again, uh, usually uh, online stores they do have let's say ten thousand email subscribers and uh, five hundred SMS subscribers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a huge disproportion because up until now, usually um, brands and then online retailers they they were working mainly with uh, with email subscribers only. And and even definition itself, when we talk about subscribers, usually we have in mind uh, email subscribers. So mm-hmm. 
that's one of the things which we're really kind of uh, preaching that should be changed. That subscriber is the person who gives you uh, any permission to communicate through any channel. Should not be treated as email only. Yes. So okay. So email is is still alive. It just works better in conjunction with other things. Uh, so what are some of the best ones? Is Messenger up there? Facebook Messenger? Uh, SMS. Yes. Yeah. Text. Oh. Yeah. Text message. Old school technology. It's living. It's it's really living its renaissance. Uh, mainly because of like two major reasons. Here, uh, first one is uh, that uh, finally, like uh, internet moved to, to mobile internet. So, uh, so once you receive an email, a message, sorry, text message, you can click on the link, and you have a seamless experience. It just opens the mobile ready. Uh, website you browse the website you can easily uh, go all the way to uh, to a transaction to a conversion uh, which was still not the case two three years ago mm-hmm. it's it's one thing that it's we really sending while sending text messages we provide much much better customer experience it's one thing second thing is really uh, text messages um, interactive and they can be easily unsubscribed as easy as Email. So basically, like yeah. the best practice is to have a really short link by the end of a text message that if you are willing to unsubscribe, click here. That's it. One click, unsubscribe, as easy as on email. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, it's changed a lot. That, that gives much more confidence for customers to leave their phone numbers and to give a permission to communicate via uh, via text messages because they are aware, okay, if I don't want to receive these messages anymore, it's going to be easy for me to unsubscribe because three, four years ago, that was a nightmare. I mean, if I'm not willing to get, to receive those messages anymore, there's no way for me to, to, to unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So those two things kind of change the attitude toward SMS and it's really like super effective. Do you, do you find that, I don't know, there's something that... I, affects me personally so i don't know if a lot of people are like me and every time there's a space that you got to fill in for a phone number i avoid it mm-hmm. like the plague because if it's a text and it's specifically saying it's a text it's fine but mm-hmm. i i really fear is probably not the right term but i fear the companies that decide to call you to okay. to market to you over mm-hmm. a phone call so I never fill my phone number. I put in uh, 000 or 12345. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that so, happens a lot? Uh, so my advice, and so it's, I, yeah, I got your point. I mean, that's still a lot of people uh, yeah, who are a bit afraid, and especially about, yeah, robocalls or just, yeah. you know, a, any kind of calls, call calling. So uh, my advice in this case for you as a business would be to really give very specific promise. We we need your phone number. We will be sending you text messages. We will not be calling you, mm-hmm. we promise. And there will be easy to unsubscribe from our text messages whenever you can, just with one click. And, uh, you know, so kind of giving the statement, and if you are a legit business and you are not, not a scammer, so definitely yeah. you would like to keep your promise and uh, not to disappoint your customers. So, and uh, customers usually trust, at least for the uh, first time. So. Mm-hmm. so now let's talk about something that fascinates me, and it is workflows. 
I love mm-hmm. workflows, and I can see that on OmniSend you do have workflows. So can you explain, is this all, I drag and drop, and then I create my workflow just with a couple of clicks, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so workflows. So we have some pre-built. Uh, the most as omniscient as a product is really built for e-commerce only. So we don't we do not serve any any other customers group. So I mean, if you are just any other kind of organization or etc. So there are other great products in the market. And Omnisend is really built for, for e-commerce. So, uh, yeah, so there are workflows which are pre-built, like with uh, with default sequences, with, uh, like, uh, optimized sending times, with optimized frequency of, of different, like, messages, email or text messages or, or messenger mm-hmm. messages. So, uh, yeah, so you can use those. I mean, we, we build those based on the best practice, which we see what our customers are doing, what works for them the best, etc. And of course, you can have just a blank canvas, a blank canvas, you just uh, uh, build whatever you want, drag and drop with different message types, fill in with uh, content, and yeah, and just click enable button. So, you That's know, it. there's one thing, I, I really don't know if, you, if your tool has this or not, but one of the things they always wanted was a tool that allowed me to put one filter that, that would be, for example, send this email at 8 a.m., but on the client's time, or on their mm-hmm. time zone, not on mine or the server time zone. Do you have that option? Uh, it's in our roadmap. So, okay. yeah, we don't have now, but uh, but those who will be listening us, uh, I'm not sure if it's okay to, to, to sell when, when we are recording. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but those who are going to be listening uh, to, to this podcast, I would say at the second half of 2020. So there will be this option. This is definitely one of the requested uh, features uh, from our customers. So we will definitely uh, be including it into our roadmap and we will develop this. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes like server could be uh, 3 a.m. my time and I'm mm-hmm. not going to open that email right away. And sometimes we know that an email that is not open right away may never be open. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that's that's a great feature but, if you're working. That's on correct. That. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, our idea is to to go further than than what you have just mentioned. So not only on the server's time, but after. So it's kind of like the, the basic version. So like... Uh, uh, receivers uh, the time zone but uh, we have different habits as well and after after reading so, some of the uh, like emails we can we can identify like uh, behavioral ba- patterns so th- this is our idea to to make this send time optimization even even smarter with some ai uh, in the background that you know uh, we analyze uh, like that specific customer's behavior and we do know that doesn't matter which times which 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 time zone are you at but uh, if you are kind of morning person and you read blog emails in the morning so you we will be sending in the morning if you are uh afternoon person maybe just after lunch break you you go through your inbox so maybe it's worth sending uh, in in the early noon hours so yeah so when it comes to the the workflow what kind of filters uh, can I do? For example, on the workflow, I can create a, let's say you sign up today. I want to mm-hmm. send you a welcome email, for example. And then I can create stuff like 
if you don't reply in two days, send text message or mm -hmm. what kind of options do I have? Here. Yeah, that's correct. So, so I would I would split it like in three main stages. So, first is really like triggers. Uh, so, triggers is uh, then what we have mentioned. So, just a new customer getting into the mailing list, mm -hmm. uh, customer visiting our website but not completing a purchase, customer adding products to a shopping cart but not completing a purchase, customer who has just completed a purchase. So, we can run some order follow up campaigns. Uh, customer which we yeah so completed the purchase and, uh, and we haven't seen the customer for like say eight months six months three months two months whatever your uh, your sales your usual sales cycle is mm -hmm. so um, so it's kind of yeah first is trigger second is is really conditions conditions so what, what do you do with that trigger if the trigger let's say a customer just got into into in like triggered this event so shall we start sending immediately shall we delay for some time etc and uh, the third thing is really segment so you can you can segment on something so let's say there is a trigger but we have we have we we have some kind of demographical uh data layer on top and we, we segment by this so the the customer has triggered uh, like he or she has visited uh, like website and let's say but the one is from that specific state in the u.s let's say on the canada in some specific city so we kind of like can narrow down uh, it by segments as well and run different campaigns based on those segments so trigger trigger then 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 segment which by segment you can narrow narrow it down then then conditions what what really happens and what what uh, what communication are you willing to, uh, to to do and then it all ends up with another trigger when to stop communication so as you said it may be someone has replied maybe someone usually this stop uh, and trigger is uh, the purchase is completed so transaction is completed so because you know as who are selling online, we have uh, the single main goal to really <laughs> convert our visitor or, or subscriber into, into a buying customer. Very good. So th there's one thing I'm very curious about, and I'm looking at it on your site, and it says, sync your dynamic segments with Google Ads. Yes. What, is, what is this? What is this? Good question. So, uh, once you build a segment uh, at Omnisense, so you can build any segment by like various conditions, uh, uh, demographical, behavioral. So, uh, the male, uh, if we know the gender, mm -hmm. let's say, who has visited a bad specific product category in the last um, 48 hours. Boom, we create a segment uh, with conditions. And once any of our subscribers, uh, gets into that list, what we do, we dynamically synchronize with your Google AdWords. Okay. So, so you can run on your Google AdWords side, you can run retargeting campaigns or lookalike audiences campaigns. So like retargeting for, for retention purpose or maybe lookalike for, for new customer acquisition purpose. And once someone gets out of the segment on Omnisend side, we pull it from 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 your Google AdWords, AdWords list as well. Yeah, so it's all kind of, you know, uh, synchronized. So it's really a uh, seamless experience and you don't need to like download your list, upload to Google AdWords. The same works with Facebook ads as well. Mm, that's very, very interesting, yes.
And so, and yeah, so I would say it's kind of, you know, what we at the very beginning, we were talking about, uh, you know, someone still running at uh, retargeting ads once you have already completed the purchase. So if you synchronize this data, so we just get this trigger that, okay, customer has completed the purchase. We stop all the campaigns, including, we just remove from the segment. So that means we stop all the campaigns, including retargeting campaigns on Google and Facebook ads. Okay. In that case, now, now that you know the person has completed a purchase, you can say now trigger flow number two. Exactly. Let's wow. say uh, post post purchase flow. And yeah, so a couple of like practical examples here. So uh, let's say uh, so completed the purchase, which is a trigger as well, which uh, triggers like uh, workflow two. And the workflow two is about uh, order follow-up. So what we can do, we can send an invoice, we can send like a status update, we have receipt order, uh, we have uh, we have like uh, packed the order, it's on the way. So this is a tracking code for your uh, for for your FedEx, DHL, whatever whatever you use uh, as your carrier and as a, yeah. So and. Uh, and in this in this example, you can combine different channels as well. So, and and even let's say SMS, uh, you can send SMS in this case or emails not only for those who gave you a permission to communicate. So you can use different channels to to send some transactional information, which is not promotional. Therefore, you don't need a consent mm-hmm. from your customers. Uh, but still, this is an opportunity for you as a brand to communicate uh, with your customers mm. and to stay top of mind. So what I have in the example, so, you know, once someone has completed a purchase and you you just uh, dispatched the power cell, so why not sending a text message with just purely informing your customer? We have just sent uh, your power cell. This is a tracking code. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not promotional at all. It will not generate a direct conversion for you, but definitely it will show that you care about your customers. It will show that it will it will kind of remind you we're going to be an additional touch point with, with your brand. Or let's say another example, one week, 10 days uh, after, after someone receiving a parcel, you can send uh, either via email or by text messages uh, the customer satisfaction. Uh, survey you no know, survey yeah just asking so how did you like our product how did you like our service is it real kind of uh, is it the promotional content no it's not it you it you will not get uh, like 100% direct conversion from it uh, but you're going to get a lot of value from the customer satisfaction customers will be coming back uh, sooner or more often mm-hmm how about personalization? I'm a big fan of personalization. So yeah. if the email if an email comes in, it's addressed to me and written as if it was for me only, I'll, I'll read it. But if I can see that it is a mass email, most of the times I don't even open it, right? So it doesn't matter if it's email or I guess even with SMS, we, we still see them, but I don't act on something that is mm-hmm. mass produced, right? Very, very good point. So, so I, I would say there are two two levels of um, personalization. So one is just basic uh, inserting your name or some again profile data, which which we know about our customers, your name, mm-hmm. your city. 
uh, it's 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 kind of basic level personalization, which is which works, uh, and the customers love it. Second level of personalization is then really based on the customer's behavior. You are able to identify uh, what exactly he or she is interested in, mm-hmm. and then and kind of build a I'm sorry, dynamic content based 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 on that. In, in, in the email or in text message, there's like uh, less space for that uh, real real personalization. In 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 let's say Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp. Um, again, you have some limited capabilities to really personalize it. But but that, again, at least inserting the product which which a person was either browsing, uh, if it's a specific product, if it's a category, so you can insert some few products from that specific category, etc. And of course, there is uh, like third level of personalization when the content is absolutely dynamic, dynamic, and it's um, it's really based on your uh, on your historical behavior. We know that you know Quinn has a pet. If you have a pet, yeah, mm-hmm. and we know that this is a cat or dog, so we only like send the content which is really relevant to, to you. Mm-hmm. So. This part being being honest is still challenging because because only really large large e-commerce stores have enough data to really properly uh, recommend products. Mm-hmm. If you are small uh, e-commerce store, so usually you don't have just enough data for for any tool to really properly properly uh, recommend. So I would say this second. Second uh, type of personalization is the most effective and the most accurate. Then we are able to identify uh, customers' behavior on our website, and based on that, we can you know create the content and send it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basic based on what somebody bought on the past, I can also message them according to that. If somebody bought a vacuum cleaner, now I can try to message them. Uh, yeah. Although that would be that would be a sales email, so they would have to be subscribed. But I could try to sell yeah. them, uh, you know, vacuum cleaner bags, or if mm-hmm, anybody, mm-hmm. if anybody still uses bags, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they do. I, I, yeah, actually, I, yeah. I was looking for a vacuum cleaner some maybe a month ago. So still a lot of like with bags, and not not a lot of uh, water. Yeah, not everybody has a Dyson. <laughs> yeah, no, not everybody. Yeah, and there are a lot of different vacuum cleaners in the market. That's that's amazing, Reed. That's, it's um, it's such a great tool, and man, so many resources. I see here that you have some case studies on your website. That's where I saw one of the, the workflows, and I'm really a big fan of workflows. So anything that has a workflow, I I want to try it out. So it's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What you know when I started doing e-commerce, there was no such thing. So the first time mm-hmm. I saw a drag and drop workflow where we could drag an arrow to what was going to happen next and create that just like messenger bots and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like I I can't believe that this exists. Uh so today I'm still fascinated with workflows. <laughs> automated <laughs> automated workflows. Oh, yeah, automated um, workflows, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, completely agree, and uh, I have no doubts. It's just, just, it's really the future because really it helps. It helps like automated workflows. Really helps to bring relevancy back to the market, mm-hmm. uh, to the marketing activities, and really to 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 convert uh, like uh, 
like uh, marketing promotion from from like everybody hates advertising to really yeah. customers willing to interact with brands so like yeah automation is really the way the way to get relevancy back to Absolutely. marketing so where would i store let's say if i had a existing uh, email list from from the people to buy from me on shopify or, or a list that I have, let's say, on MailChimp, do mm-hmm. I still need to keep my list on MailChimp or now I, I can, I guess, store yeah. that email list yeah. with, with OmniSend? Yeah, for sure. So we are uh, re- like complete replacement for MailChimp. Okay. So you can do everything what you can do with MailChimp, you can do with OmniSend, and you can do much more if you are uh, online business. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, are, as I said, just just any other organization, so Mailchimp is, is is a great tool. But if you are selling online, so OmniSend covers all the, the 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 use cases which Mailchimp does cover and 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 much more. So yeah, so you just basically uh, basically you have mentioned like Shopify and Mailchimp. So yeah, so from Mailchimp, uh, you can either download uh, your mailing list and upload it to OmniSend, or you can just connect. Uh, with API connection, just inserting into send me or Mailchimp API key, and we will pull all the data from Mailchimp and even some historical data, which would be the best uh, use case because we could like help you to better segment and to really avoid those uh, inactive uh, contacts in the list, etc. Because uh, sometimes when when customers are migrating from one tool to another, they either accidentally or intentionally uh, trick a little bit or try to trick. <laughs> so uh, that we kind of download entire list, including, let's say, unsubscribes or bounds. And this is, this is a very bad practice because uh, in, that, in those cases, uh, those customers are kind of hurting themselves mm-hmm. uh, because they are ruining their online center certification which is which is kind of on a personal level and we're trying to avoid um, uh, that kind of usage etc so yeah so mailchimp just migrating and uh, you mentioned like shopify so shopify becommerce woocommerce magento any of those platforms we have uh, seamless integrations uh, you just uh, install a plugin we connect to your store and we do synchronize uh, all the data about your customers we need like email addresses phone numbers uh, permissions uh, to communicate with them uh, they are past uh, past purchase uh, history in, in order to to help like uh, run automated mm-hmm. workflows just out of the box. It would be cool if one day Amazon allowed to oh, share yeah. to share their <laughs> customer information. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool for our business as well, and this for everybody selling. But uh, but I guess Amazon does understand that that this is a huge asset. Yes. And therefore, they are not willing to to share it. Yeah. With although although it's actually you who is owning your subscribers and your your customers, but uh, unfortunately, Amazon is not sh- sharing with you your asset. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right now we don't even have access to the full customer name, and mm-hmm. uh, even in using Amazon's internal tool to email a customer, we cannot use the tags that put automatically customer name mm-hmm. uh, so we would have to have a generic hello random person that mm-hmm. is yeah that sucks we can still use their city so that sometimes i use that as hey mm-hmm. i hope your product arrived at city okay, right? okay. yeah 
Well, but, but yeah, but so I guess it's it's you know of examples you had you're telling it there. But sure, but you know, Amazon is it's more about kind of like transaction activities. So yeah, city they allow you, but but they don't really care about like real personal yeah, personal experience and really relevancy of your marketing messages. Absolutely, Ritas. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you here, more about you, and uh, where they can find Omnisend? Yeah, for sure. So Omnisend, the best way to find is really Omnisend.com. Visit our website. Or if you are on the Shopify, Shopify Plus, BigCommerce, uh, Magento, one or two, WooCommerce. So just you can go to those those platforms, app stores, or add-on stores or plugin stores, however they're being called in your case. And you can you can find uh, a connector uh, platform to Omnisend. So start from there. Just just install and then start using. Uh, start using Omnisend. So uh, we have 14 days trial, uh, two weeks. Did you say 40, 40? Yeah, for 14. No, 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 no oh, not 14. that generous. Yeah, 14, <laughs> yeah, one, one for two weeks yeah, uh, of trial. And then we have free version for, for the beginners to start to collect their subscriber data. And of course, we have uh, paid plans. There are three paid plans available for for look at a standard plan for the beginners and all the way to like enterprise customers with a really robust um, robust feature set. So yeah, so that's about Omnisend and myself. I, I prefer using Twitter and LinkedIn. So anyone could find me, read this lawyers, so on either of those social networks. Very good. And I'll have those links on the show notes for anybody that's uh, interested in checking it out. Perfect. Uh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for Austin. This has been thank a you. great deal. Thanks for subscribing to FailFast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.